to the BoJack Backtrack, a series retrospective on BoJack Horseman, four fans, five fans. I'm Eliana, pronoun she, her. And I'm Bez, pronoun he, they. And it's great to be with you today. We're covering the entire series with this retrospective, so you haven't caught up on the whole series yet. This won't make much sense to you, and you'll be spoiled, so get caught up first, okay? Today we're covering the season one, episode 12, episode later. This is the last episode of the season. Woohoo! We made it! Yay! We did it! <laughs> Oh my god, this is an interesting one. Let's talk about the title first, but before that, Bez, can you give us a summary and tell us who wrote this episode? So Raphael Ball Waksberg wrote this one, and it's basically about Bojack's life after the book comes out, where he goes to the Golden Globes, and he's basically just him living his life after the book comes out, and there's some circumstances with Princess Carolyn and her boyfriend, um, Vincent Adult Man, and (laughs) there's a party at the end, and then he talks to Diane, who has also her own thing where she's debating between going to Cordovia to help orphans or become a character consultant on the Secretariat movie. After the book comes out, Bojack wants to make Secretariat, and he auditions for it, and eventually he gets the part. Yeah, it's an interesting one because we see Bojack basically living his dream, and even then he's not happy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. His book is popular. He got the dream all he's wanted for at least, like, what, 10 years, 20 years? A really long time. Yeah. He's admired Secretary since he was a kid, so you could argue he's wanted this role for since he was a kid. Yeah, what do you think of the opening scene, speaking of it? It was really interesting, but what was sad to me is seeing the payoff of it in season two, where it turns out Bojack couldn't even hear Secretary's answer to his question because his parents were arguing, so that's really sad. Yeah, it is really sad. Do you think Secretary gave him good advice to just keep running and all that exists is what's ahead? Is there good advice? I don't think so. No, I don't think that's good advice, because that's basically saying... Ignore all your problems and just keep moving forward no matter what happens. And I don't think that's good advice. Yeah, I have to agree with that too. Because it feels like it's just saying, even if you hurt people, even if just keep moving forward no matter what. It's like, uh, I don't know about that. I think you need to turn around and like apologize at least. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So yeah, I agree with you there. So let's talk about Bojack winning the Golden Globe. Yeah, I love the subtitle on the Golden Globe. So that says Golden Globe's a totally necessary award show. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> Do you notice who was at the, who was at the Golden Globe show? I noticed that the people from Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane movie were there. Was there anyone else I should Yeah, Naomi Watts and Walsh John were there, but Cameron Crowe and Kate Blanchett were also there too from the Eva Brown uh, movie. Or not the Eva Brown movie. Bro- oh my. Suffragette City, I think it was. Suffragette City movie. Yeah, so they were there too. Oh, cool. I guess they were up for that award. I wonder if they won something, like best drama maybe. Yeah, I hope so. And then on stage, Bojack's speech. What do you think of Bojack's speech on stage? It's interesting because he points out that he shouldn't have won this award because his book isn't a comedy or a musical. It's like, why? But it really speaks to um, the Golden Globes and award ceremonies failure to help promote things because uh, Minari was recently won. I think it was a Golden Globe, but it might have been a different award. It was it was some sort of award for best foreign film, despite the fact that it was shot in the United States. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, this is pretty recent as of right now. It's yeah. like, why would you do that? It's not a foreign film. And then of course there was the outrage of people getting so mad that Parasite won best foreign film as if a foreign film can't possibly win best picture at the Oscars. Like, Jesus. That sucks. So looking back at Bojack's speech in hindsight and looking at the way award ceremonies are treated today, it's even worse. It's yeah. even worse than it was back then. Yeah, and to think that in season three there's going to be even more bashing of awards and award shows, oh boy. The show's just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
That's very true. I thought Bodek's speech was so funny because he's like, oh my god. I, so I was like, people were asking me if I should post this book. But I was like, hey, if it makes people feel less alone, it's all good. It's like, dude, you were so angry about how personal it was. You did, he fired your author. Like, what the fuck? I mean, he's got it. That's how the media machine works, though. You reframe, you repivot, you pretend everything's fine. Like, I remember watching a review of World War Z, and apparently there was a point in the production where the director and Brad Pitt weren't even speaking to each other and were only communicating their intermediaries because they were just so mad at each other. Oh my god. But if you look at the, the reviews for World War Z and the interviews, you see Brad Pitt being like, it's a great film, I love it, I've seen it like 50 times, and it's such a great film. And that's just how the Hollywood machine works. They pretend everything's good and happy because that's how they make their money. Still not though it's still nuts i agree yeah and then the after party at his restaurant where princess carolyn says if you can't be happy tonight maybe you won't be happy again like princess carolyn what the fuck oh my god i wrote that line down too yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad we're on the same page yeah we're totally on the same page (laughs) oh my god that's a crazy line to me because it's like I can see where that's coming from to a certain extent because later in the show when bojack is nominated for an oscar you know, he just kind of drowns himself in drugs and partying and to hide the fact that it's not the biggest thing in the world to him. But then it turns out he's not nominated for the Oscars, so I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah, 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 for sure. But I think there's some truth to that because Bojack just can't be happy with some things in his life no matter how hard he tries. And it's not like those things are supposed to fulfill you in the first place. So no wonder he's not happy, you know? Yeah, he just keeps looking for something to fulfill him, but you have to find fulfillment from the inside, not the outside. Exactly, yeah. I thought it was interesting how Bojax tells Mr. Peanutbutter, I think it is, that the book has been everything Diane said it would be. Well, she was right. Said that people would find it relatable and relate to the contents, and that's completely true. So in a way, the book was everything she said it would be. It's made him famous, it's made everything good, it's made people relate to him again, it's made him relevant again. Relevant enough to get the secretariat role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... It worked. So in this episode, the subpoena voter says Diane's getting some opportunities, and then she gets the call from Sebastian St. Clair to go to Cordovia. He says, if people, you can make people care about Bojack Horseman. Again, I don't know. I can't say his voice very well, but it's certainly you people who care about dying orphans, Diane. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting, though, because Sebastian St. Clair just isn't the self-sacrificial hero that he made himself out to be, you know? He looks like such an interesting figure, like such a selfless, awesome person in season one, but in season two we kind of pull back the curtain and see he's not as selfless as he appears to be. We see actually no, he's a jerk, and he just kind of does things to do things. He doesn't really care about the human lives, he just cares about looking good and, you know, looking good while doing good. Smiling for the camera, yeah. I mean, we get a hint of that in this in the phone call, though, where he's handing orphans uh i think bags of food or water or something yeah some kind of package yeah some kind of package and some one of them doesn't have arms to pick it up and he doesn't even notice like it doesn't even register to him and also when he says please hold your applause well you can applaud a little bit oh yeah that, that that's well. a little bit uh you know yeah so going back to Sebastian St. Clair, let's talk about Bojack's life after winning the Golden Globe. What I found really interesting is that he carries his Golden Globe everywhere after he wins it. He carries it to the Secretariat audition. He carries it to the diner. He carries it to the observatory where he signs the book. It's like he thinks that carrying a weapon will make it fulfill him when the opposite is true. It's not going to fulfill him. It's not going to do it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, he carries it everywhere as if it's going to do something for him, but it just doesn't... It's just an award. It's just a piece of metal. It's not... It's just a prop, almost, and it's used as a prop in later seasons. When is it used as a prop? In season five, when he's taking drugs, he takes some drugs out of his Golden Globe. 
He unscrews oh, the top. Okay, I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah, he unscrews the top and takes some drugs out of it. I had no idea. That's interesting. He made it hollow inside somehow. That's really funny. Either that or it was already hollow inside. Who knows? That yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, the point know. is that it's a prop. So going back to Diane for a second, I was, when Diane's excited about Cordovia, she goes to Mr. Peanut Butter. Mr. Peanut Butter says, you're not going to find what you're looking for there. The key to being happy is to just busy yourself with unimportant nonsense and eventually you'll be dead. <laughs> I think that's depressing as hell. I think that's what Peanut Butter, Mr. Peanut Butter does to an extent, though, because he just pretends to be happy all the time. And when later, when he becomes the face of depression, it's like, you know, did he even realize he was depressed in the first place? He probably didn't even register that. Oh, yeah. Was he depressed in season Yeah, that season six such a head scratcher for me. I can't wait to get to it. I mean, that's just a head scratcher for me, that particular moment. But I feel like that philosophy is definitely him. But I, f- I feel like Diane is just like, no. Because Diane is too noble of a person to just choose yourself with self-important nonsense. Yeah, she wouldn't do that. Yeah, she's too... She has too many ideals. Which is not a bad thing at all. I think that's a good thing. But she's just not that that kind of person like he is yeah she can't just distract herself because eventually she'd stop being distracted and mr peanut butter and diane mr peanut butter and todd pitch halloween in january to vote (laughs) (laughs) and they make their halloween in january store which people fall in and presumably do they die in halloween in january or do they do they retreat we'll never know but (laughs) i assume they broke their legs at least (laughs) yeah i assume this funeral at least got sued by somebody but it comes back a few times that store and it comes back like in a little gag with yolanda which i really like or she says, oh, that's funny. she's talking to John in January. She's like, as far as I know, there's no, no Halloween in January right now. So it's like, ah, Yolanda, if only you knew. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Mrs. Carolyn and Vince's relationship is having a little bit of a breakdown in this episode where Mrs. Carolyn says, Vincent, you need to let me in. I thought I wanted a real adult relationship, but I'm actually young at heart. What do you think of their uh-huh. crisis? It's really interesting because, you know, obviously the Vincent is the whole three kids in the trench coat joke. Yeah. And you gotta wonder the whole time if Princess Carolyn is just rebounding in a way. Mm, mm. Is this just a rebound to get over Bojack? Because it kind of feels like it. That's true, that's true. Anyway, that's what I think. They have a really interesting conversation in the restaurant, though I think the funniest part of it is when Vincent misunderstands monogamy and Princess Carolyn interprets it as him being non-monogamous. <laughs> it's like, oh no! <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's just a really funny gag right there. Yeah, that's pretty funny. That's yeah. very good. Then there's the secretariat audition that Bojack has. I feel like Bojack did so well in the audition because he relates so strongly to the character and the lines he's reading. I agree. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, because he just is that person, basically. People see things in him that he himself doesn't have. Exactly. You know what never comes back, though? The fact that non-horse characters can play horses. Like, they can bring that up in episode 10 with the guy who says Inconceivable playing Bojack. But then there's never another instance where an actor is wearing, like, a horse head and or they're a human. Yeah, I wish there were... Well, that's not true. There's some of it in uh, Ethan Around, I think it is. The pilot that shows up in season at the end of season three there's some of it there but i agree that the concept of non-animal people playing animals i think that should have showed up more so i, I yeah. agree with that and i bring it up because i would have wanted to see humans auditioning for the part of secretariat yeah that would have been interesting that would have been cool is all i'm saying 
Yeah, I agree with that. And then something that Princess Carolyn Diane said struck me to Diane on the phone when Princess Carolyn calls Diane about the character consultant job. Which she says, take the job now, help now, help the orphans later, there's always later. What do you think of that? Later comes back at the talk Diane and Bojack Horseman have on the roof as well. Oh, like yeah? It's the whole theme of the episode, really, that there's always later to do the things you want, but maybe you shouldn't wait until later. Mm, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, I guess that's why yeah. it's called that. I never thought of the title. I never. Oh, under- really? I never really understood it. Like, I never got it. I've always understood it as being about the fact that there's later in life to do the things you want, but sometimes you shouldn't wait because you should do them now. That's what I always interpret the title as anyway. And on that note, let's talk about the conversation Diane and Bojack have at the end of the episode that kind of caps things off for the season. Yeah, sure. I like the part where Bojack says, I really wanted you to like me, Diane, because it's clear from the start that he just wanted someone to think he was awesome and cool, but that's not what the people wanted, and that's not how people responded to his book. Like, people wanted to see his flawed portrait, and he just didn't understand that. What do you think about that conversation? I think the most interesting part is when Bojack asks Diane, do you think I'm a good person deep down? And she says, that's the thing I don't believe in deep down. I kind of think all you are is the things that you do. And I think that's a really great quote because I think that's pretty much true. I don't think Bojack wants to believe it's true though. I see what you're saying. Do you think it's true? I agree to a certain extent, but I also think that sometimes the things you do and the things you are aren't the same thing. And in Bojack's case, they are, but sometimes they aren't is all I'm saying. Okay, that makes sense. So... With Mr. Peanut Butter and Todd's wacky schemes, they come up with smoothies, right? Yep. Did you notice that Bojack has a smoothie machine in season two? Oh, yeah, he does. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, because I, I wasn't until I was rewatching, I was like, why the fuck are their faces on the smoothie machine? Oh, my God. So I thought that was hilarious. That's, yeah, I remember this now. Yes, that's pretty good. Yeah, I thought that was great. And then at the end of it, we get that hero moment with Blake and signing signing this book for a horse named Blake. And Blake says, thanks, man. You're kind of my hero. And then in the final shots, he's just kind of looking over the edge of Griffith Park and just looking over the edge. And that's the end of the episode in the season. And I talked about this a while ago, episode one or two, I think. But the whole thing of someone being someone else's hero is when Bojack says that Secretariat is his hero and then someone else calls Bojack their hero later. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. kind of a whole circle in a way. Even in the audition, Bojack mentions that Secretary was first his personal hero growing up. Yeah, also that. Anything else you want to say about this episode before we wrap things up? Just as the final shots, my lesbian dog couple showed up, and I'm very happy about that. Oh my god, where? Are they in the, the Griffith Park? Yeah, they're in Griffith Park. Oh my god! Yay! <laughs> I didn't notice. Yeah, That's great. Yeah, they're in the Griffith Park. <laughs> Yay! Alright, cool beans. On that happy note, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Bodak Backtrack. I'm Eliana. And I'm Bez. And we hope you have a good rest of your day, okay? Stay, Stay safe, safe out there. Stay cool. Stay lovely. Bye! Bye!